Welcome to ALFC's Message of the Week. We continue our series in 1 Corinthians, The Messy Church. Today, Pastor Steve talks about how necessary it is for the church to be a healthy family, the importance of flexibility, and loving people enough to warn them of trouble. So, praise, praise God. This is the Guatemala team, yeah? Looks like everyone made it back. And boy, they all got their, boy, got their green shirts on, looking really sharp. So, Pastor Craig, everything went well? It did. And so, remind us again, what was the point of the mission? Why did we go? This year was, was unique because um, we were going to be expanding from just a school to what I felt in our heart to do more community-based ministry. So this year, the goal was to go and actually start a, a, a room to get ready for a computer lab. So our goal was to take these two rooms that have been basically underwater for quite a while, and literally water coming through the ceiling and just a big mold and nasty into a classroom that would hold computers so we can have the older kids do their homework there and adults can come in and do and learn computer as well as take English classes and just make it a more of a community center. But we, we were called the computer lab and that was really exciting. And now, what would you say for you the highlight was? What was the highlight? For me, it's, it's always about people. Um, you know, you know, you know these people have been there for so many years. We have relationships with them. We roll up, they come running and, and talking to us. Um, and hanging out with some of these older boys, they're just you get a chance to see them make some choices in life that are that are positive. But really, the end was that we had a big party. We planned a party for the for the school and for the block, and then the Lord just told us to invite everybody. And when you're in a tight budget, like imagine your house, and you said, "I'm going to invite five people over," and the Lord tells you, "No, invite 30. Okay. Well, we invited 600 people, um, and we had one pig to feed them, and so we had this big roasted pig. My friend talked me into buying that I thought was crazy. It only fed about 300 people, and you know you probably read the story of the Bible, but sometimes God stretches things out. We fed 600 people um, pork tacos, which are awesome. We didn't get a chance to eat them ourselves, but we, we sampled beforehand. Um, we were around town checking them out. But so you, the you really thing. you really think God stretched that pig out? Oh, yeah. We prayed for the pig. Uh, it's kosher can't, in a few seconds. Can't happen. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> now, I would have thought the highlight for you was you were speaking at one of the churches. Yeah, this time we spoke on a Sunday morning at Final Trumpet, which is my favorite church down there. If I was to change membership, Pastor Steve, I would be down there. It's a long way to go. It's a long, it's a long way. So it would be a long commute. But I live in Mason County, so it's all the same. Yeah, we'll um, just get in the water and go, right? Exactly. <laughs> but it was awesome because I, I, I forgot to tell the team that they're very demonstrative in their, in their expressions. And they tend to scream and yell a lot when they're just excited what God is doing. And it happened. Um, and so I looked at the team, and they responded. They were praying for people. There was an altar ministry, and all, all the chairs were empty. And they were praying and loving on people. So that was a great time. I love, I love speaking at services. It, it's different than an interpreter because you have to pause and wait. Um, my friend was an interpreter. He knows me pretty well. He probably filled in some stuff that I should have put in there. Um, <laughs> but it was a great service. He was an interpreter and a helper. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, not everyone's going to get a chance to share, but uh, Sophia, so tell me a little bit about your thoughts of being there. I mean, you had shared some things that God really spoke to you about, too. And, you know, it's interesting as you, and, and let me just say this before we start here. Um, everyone's going to be in the cafe after the service. So you can, you can talk to them, you can ask questions, and we have, we have some Guatemalan coffee in there for you. So you can have, all right, get a cup of coffee, and then we also have, uh, to top it off, a cookie to go with it. <laughs> a, 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 a Costconian cookie. <laughs> traveled all the way. <laughs> yeah. So, Sophia, tell me about, for you, how did, what did the Lord speak to you? I mean, I, I know that some very personal things happen. Well, hello? Yeah. Is it on? Yeah. Okay, all right. Um, so, uh, what spoke to me was just a tiny piece of what actually happened. So, if you don't mind, um, could I finish it and Beverly can start it? Because it's a whole very moving um, story. Which story are we talking about? So, we're talking about um, a young man who we planted a seed in about five years ago. Um, well, he accepted Jesus into his life, and so I, I have a very, I have a testimony apart about it. Okay. But, um, so why don't you give it to Ben yeah, for okay. a second? Give it to Ben. <laughs> Actually, Ben, Ben, yeah, Ben, 
Yeah, start, start it off, because this is something, you met this young guy quite a while ago, didn't you? Five years ago. Yeah, and tell us about him. So Gilmar was one of what we call the Lost Boys. Um, age 10 up, um, if you don't have a job and you're not in school, you're in the streets. Um, and unfortunately, they're kind of considered street rats. They're discouraged, they're, they're pushed away, and, and they just don't have a place. Um, Gilmar was put on my heart one of the, the very first year we were there, um, just because of that aspect. And so we, we gained a, a relationship and a bond there, and every year since then, um, they're waiting with open arms. Uh, these, these boys, there's a group of them. Um, but he is probably one of the key players for me, personally. Uh -huh. um, and we found out about a month before we left that he actually was hit by a, by a SUV while he was on a motorcycle. Uh, broke his leg, broke his arm, um, and so was in surgery, was able to get the surgery done, but then was bedridden for, they told him, six months um, because of the fact that the accessibility for any wheelchairs for any of that type of thing was just unavailable. Um, this time going down, we were able to um, bless him with a wheelchair, um, and we were able to find one down there through some struggles. Um, were able to present that to him. That was the first time he'd been out of his house in over a month um, because of the limitations of what he had. Um, from that point, we were able to bring him over to the school. Um, Let me interrupt you for a second. So when you, you know, you, we just said something, he hasn't been able to go out of his house. Talk about his house for a second. House is tin walls, dirt floor, um, a small patch of concrete through the middle of it. There's probably eight, nine of them living within probably um, 10 by 15 space. Um, and they all live within that space. But he was on a metal cot on a dirt floor. Um, and had to be carried to the bathroom back and forth by his older brother, which works from 4 a.m. to 1 a.m., 4 in the morning to 1 in the afternoon. So during that time, he was stuck in the bed and couldn't get up, couldn't do anything. Yeah, uh, just want you to get a sense of the uh, dynamic of what's going on. There's a lot happening. Beverly, so you had a chance to interact with him. Yeah, as soon as uh, we brought Gilmar over to the school, mind you, it's only a couple doors down. <clears throat> Raquel, who's a teacher at the school, had always told Gilmar prior to our showing up, Gilmar, don't lose faith. God is going to provide a wheelchair for you. Don't lose faith, Gilmar. And there's times, I think, when Gilmar's heart was pretty pretty down. <clears throat> what I will say, and if I can, too, is that I know this man here who is supposed to go on a, who is going on an anniversary with his lovely wife, and he told his wife, you know, Gilmore needs a wheelchair. And she said, Ben, I don't need an expensive anniversary. Use the money and buy Gilmore a wheelchair. And <laughs> that touched Raquel's heart significantly. So Raquel is in tears. She's crying over Gilmore. Gilmore's tearing up. And then it's just like God just said, share the gospel. And so he's sitting here. The team's all around. And I said, I just started asking Gilmore, Gilmore, do you know God? And I took him through scripture verses, Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23. Um, I don't know if I mentioned 1 John 1.9 and, and Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice, I will come into him and, and sup with him and he with me. And I said, Gilmore, do you want Jesus in your heart? And he said, yes. And so we were there and got to share the gospel with him and pray over him. We got photos. Ben is like a father to Gilmar. And so his son is getting born again at that moment. And we give all, God all the praise and honor because truly it was a Holy Spirit-led moment. But that isn't everything. It goes on. <laughs> okay, I'll try and be short and sweet. Um, so being in the church, um, I see people saved. And so um, it's, it's always beautiful. But I was sitting there watching Beverly pray for Gilmar, and for some reason it was just very, very emotional um, and overtaking, and just, it was a beautiful thing to watch, and so um, we all got up and we all prayed for him, and for some reason I felt like I was spoken to, so I had asked Ricardo, our translator, to translate a message that I could give to Gilmar, and um, I grew up in this church, um, and then when I was about 16 years old, I decided to get a job at a diner and um, to, to when I was in high school, the only way I could really make money was if I worked on Sundays mornings and, and so I had left the church and I wasn't putting effort in um, and it caused a lot of issues. And again, when I was 16, my mother passed away 
And um, the only thing that really got me through that was believing that um, there's a plan much greater than me. And so it kind of pushed me back into the church. And I was able to reestablish that relationship with God and basically save my life. And so I had translated this to Gilmar through Ricardo. And I had a um, cross necklace that I decided to give Gilmar because I wanted him to know and be reminded that um, when you feel like you're alone or that you're lo- unloved and that you you know you decide to leave for whatever reason that you are welcome back. Like we have, you have made this commitment, you have made this relationship, and God will never leave you. And so then we prayed again. And Ricardo had left, and we couldn't find Ricardo. Um, and come to find out, he was being comforted by Beverly and Jeannie because he was experiencing the same thing. And his mother passed away, and he had left the church. Um, and he's accepting, uh, expecting a, a newborn baby. And so he just felt like throughout the trip, he was being spoken through throughout all these occasions and all these events that you know God was telling him, like, you need to come back. Like, you're being called home. And so this and that entire day um, was very beautiful and very moving. And we started it out with our devotion on how everyone has different gifts and talents. And uh, while some person might have five and one person might have one, uh, it's you know it's up to you how 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 much you put into those gifts. You know how much can you bring to the team with what you're unique in. So yeah. it was a beautiful day. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Someone had mentioned the idea that puzzle pieces were being used. Is that right? Yeah. You know, we were talking about puzzle pieces, and you had homework. While you were doing your homework, looking at your puzzle pieces, God was talking to the team about being puzzle pieces. Man, go figure. You see me into that? That's pretty exciting. So, um, wow, a lot of amazing things have really been been taking place. Um, Jordan, I like what you said. Nothing went as planned. What does that mean? (laughs) So we had a lot of plans as to how things were going to go with um, making the computer lab. Um, And everything just kind of started not being able to go as planned (laughs) Um, with the room that we were originally going to use and to set Uh up for the computer lab. Um, And we were all painting the outside of the school when Pastor Craig went into a meeting with the, the board of the school. Um, and we were all just praying for um, this other room that was available that we could use that for the lab as well. Yeah. And he came out, and um, the president of the board was like, yes, you can use this room and um, set it up, and we'll bring someone in to teach classes yeah. in it. Um, and it was just really amazing because we didn't even know if we, this was something we were going to end up being able to do. Yeah. Um, and because... Um, we ended up using this room instead. A lot of the effort we were going to put into fixing up the other room that we were originally going to use ended up going towards this amazing party that we had for the community. So all the money and time and effort um, got put into this party that ended up being a really amazing blessing to the community. Yeah. Um, I think more than we expected it to be. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. You did a lot there too. You were, were you one of the clowns? I was. Um, my middle school ministry uh, experience definitely came in. <laughs> yeah, we were training you all along. We, yeah, you didn't know that. Yeah God, yeah, God really used that in the plan there. So, <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. That was a pretty amazing experience for you. That was your first time over, right? Yes, it was. It was. Wow, wow. So, Sean, you were over there, and uh, I know a lot. This was... You were sort of helping uh, Pastor Craig here, because I know you have a real heart for missions. Absolutely. What was the most important thing for you? What happened that really touched your life? Uh, for me, it was just the, uh, the faithfulness of the people, the Christians down there, uh, when we were in that church service. And uh, these people showed up expecting to see a move from God. You know, not like, hey, is God going to do something today? But no, God is going to do something today. And just in their worship and 
uh, just like Pastor Craig was talking about how we did an altar call and we prayed for these people, um, they couldn't understand what we were saying, but every one of them still came forward, wanted to be prayed. And Lord, just for me, that was just amazing to, for that faithfulness for blessing God's people. Lord God, uh, for the ministry that will take place, blessing over those that are giving, Lord God. And Lord, I thank you just for this team, just that for the safe return, Lord God, in the ministry that took place and the faithfulness. Uh, that they showed to just even go, Lord God. So, Lord, thank you again. And, Lord, I pray that uh, you help us all, Lord God, to really just trust you in those moments, Lord God. Just give us that nudge that you are there and you do care, Lord God. And we thank you for that. In your name we pray, Lord. Amen. In awesome wonder, he reigns forever. We know the greatness of our God. His power is seated let's pray lord thank you as we prepare now to just move into the word and gather around your table lord we ask that you would bring blessing to this word lord we ask that you would help us to be good listeners lord to really receive and have some understanding and be able to apply and integrate your word into our lives Lord, this is such an important time to move into your scripture that you've given to us. What an amazing gift. And so we pray as we open up the passage of study today, God, it'll be very real. And I pray helpful to each of us, perhaps for some life-changing, because of what it will speak. And we thank you. We thank you. Thank you for the testimony of those who have shared uh, an amazing adventure of missions. Lord, they've had a taste of that. Thank you. And so we give this to you in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Wow. That was exciting. Yes. Turn with me to uh, chapter 4 of the first letter to the Corinthian church. As we continue, you know, don't forget we've got uh, the back to school fair coming up, and oh, yeah. the uh, we've got a number of classes that are taking place. So it's all in your bulletin. And by the way, talking about classes and small groups, you know, I got my iPhone here, and uh, I'm just going to take a quick look at my app. And uh, you know, you got an app, uh, and you just you know you open it up, and you all should have this on your. Uh, 
And I go to this and it says, well, look at this, small groups and classes. And I'm going to press that. And it says notes. I'm going to press that. And there are all of the small groups and classes listed with all of the who, what, when, where, and why. And so here's the deal on this. I just, someone was talking, this is why I'm, I'm addressing this, is that uh, unless it says closed, you're invited to any one of That's these right. classes or small groups. Amen. And so there's the contact information. Matter of fact, you don't even have to say, can I come? Just show up. Right. Can you say amen to that? And so there's some pretty exciting things going on. There's a lot taking place in this month. Matter of fact, I was in looking at the summer family small groups, yeah. and there's quite a number that's going on. And I'm looking, um, see, what's the date today? Today's the 4th, right? Well, look at that. Tomorrow, there's a group going on, and the leaders are uh, Bob and Diana Brink. And let's see, oh, look, at, there's one going on at the Manchester State Park, at Evergreen Park, another one happening in Seaback. Look at, there's a lot of good groups right. going on. So all you got to do is open up, look at it, and the information's there, and uh, you can be a part of that. Can you say amen to that? Amen. I didn't hear you. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Okay, now I'm going into my settings. I'm putting this on airplane mode so that no one can interrupt me. Can you say amen to that? (laughs) I hope you'll do the same as well so your phone doesn't ring unnecessarily. You know, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, we're going to look at starting at verse 14. If you look there, uh, there's an amazing chapter there. And uh, again, thank you for doing your homework. Uh, I've had a few people interact with me about what God has been speaking to them about their puzzle piece. Even had someone drew a puzzle piece for me and sent it to me. It was really cool. I mean, a real great artist. Uh, we've had a lot of really some uh, great things God has been speaking to us uh, and things that have been happening. Um, the idea of where we're going, and I've titled the message, My Beloved Children by Faith. There's something about this passage that I, I just love in that what it's saying and what it spoke to me was, I'm a beloved child of God. And that that somehow has a great deal of meaning. You know, when I think of my life and my background, um, it's, it's good to know that you're loved. Um, you know, sometimes we come from backgrounds and families where we're not too sure about whether we're loved or not. And, you know, discovering the love of God is one of the most powerful things uh, that it's life-changing. You know, I, and I, I'm, I hear the Apostle Paul under the direction of the Holy Spirit speaking to this church because I think this church was losing a little bit of that, well, does God really love me? And some of the dynamics that were going on. And and so I, I'm convinced that, you know, he really begins to address a number of things here. Let's just go ahead and read it uh, once through in its entirety. And it, uh, starting at verse 14 through 21, if you'll follow along. I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you. For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you, imitate me. For this reason, I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. Now some are puffed up as though I were not coming to you, but I will come to you shortly if the Lord wills. And I will know not the word of those who are puffed up, but the power. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. What do you want? Shall I come to you with a rod or in love and a spirit of gentleness? I vote for love and a spirit of gentleness. <laughs> Can you say of that? <laughs> I mean, I love that he gives you a choice there. Isn't that great? Sounds like uh, a few times when I was growing up. You have a choice. <laughs> I want you to know that I've been thinking a lot about us as I'm going through this series of overcoming the mess. Not that necessarily there is a mess, but I think there's a mess in the church at large. Yeah. I think uh, across uh, the Western world, and you look at the church, and not only here in the United States, but in other places as well. I was thinking, you know, what are we doing here? We are building a church together. You know, and I, you understand we, from last week, building a church has nothing to do with, you know, we're looking at, you know, having a new uh, worship sanctuary. We're you know, we, we have a building. That's not what I'm talking about. Because building a church is about bringing together people. Right. And so we are building a church that is made of people. Remember that? Uh, 
what was that kid's thing, you know, where, you know, here's the steeple, here's the door, open, open the door, and there's all the people. You remember that? And you wiggled your fingers, you know? Did any of you ever do that? Some of you are looking at me like, I have no idea what you're talking about. We'll be teaching that in our adult classes. But God's talking to us about developing what I would, would hope for as an interactive, vibrant, social, helping, supportive, caring, belonging, loving, relational community called Abundant Life Foursquare Church. We had this statement, remember, to engage. And that's a very powerful statement. That engage, and Colossians, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, we recognize that we have been called to do something that is absolutely powerful, to engage and to build and to filter everything through the name of the Lord Jesus. Because we don't want to do something that's just talk, but we also want to do something that's about our walk, and we'll talk about that in a moment. We don't want to just do something in name only. I mean, there's something would be very wrong to have the idea of Abundant Life Foursquare Church and somehow not be what God's called us to be. You know, there's a lot of places that I know of that, you know, they're in name only who they are. And sometimes names can be deceptive. Uh, wasn't too long ago, we were in Los Angeles, and um, I needed to get uh, something dry cleaned, and it was important that I get it done quickly, right? If you've ever had those kind of emergencies, and I had that emergency, and I remember we drove by a dry cleaners that says one hour dry cleaning. I thought, perfect, that's what I need, one hour dry cleaning. And so I went in there, and, uh, you know, I wanted to drop off my coat, and, you know, I'm sitting here filling the tag out, and I said, well, you know, I really need this in an hour. And, uh, you know, she, she kind of looked at me and said, well, I, you can't get this back until Thursday. I said, well, this is Monday. I'm going to be out of town. I'll be leaving. I'm just here in town for a short time. Um, you know, I, I thought you did dry cleaning in one hour. It says one hour dry cleaning. She says, no, no, no. That's just the name of the store. <laughs> Well, it got me in. <laughs> I just, I kind of like laughed for a second. I said, really? <laughs> and I, I don't want that to be the church. You know, oh, I'm sorry. That's just, that doesn't mean what it really says. And, and I'm concerned that that, and that's exactly what is being written to the Corinthian church is that are you who you really are? And I see I see this word trying to encourage them to be who they need to be. See, it's our purpose to be honest and real. I love honesty, and I love being real. Sometimes that's hard because it can be painful. I think that's one of the things that scares us a lot. I'm thinking about, you know, what, what's kind of frightening about honesty and real? Well, it means that you might have to hear some things that aren't very exciting. Or, you know, God might speak to you. And I, you know what? I think most of us are a little afraid of that kind of stuff. It's like we don't want anyone to really know us. We don't want anyone to really understand us. And, you know, that might hurt a little bit. You might say something that, uh, and, you know, I don't know about you, but, you know, I, man, being a pastor, you get lots of things said to you. Thank you very much for your help. I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, sometimes you just got to learn. I remember someone telling me, you know, being a pastor, you got to learn to have some alligator skin. You've got to be a little tough sometimes. And that, that's part of what goes with the territory. Because if you don't have that... But I think all of us need a little bit of alligator skin. I think we need to be a little tougher than we are. And, but I understand how scary this stuff can be. I mean, the idea... I, there's something that I am very committed to, and that's the integration application of God's Word in your life, in your marriage, in your family, in this church, in the community, and wherever we go. Can you say amen to that? That's the commitment of this instruction to the Corinthian church. Um, I want us to be family. I really do. Um, I think some of us get it. Some of us don't. Now, I'm saying this in love. I know I'm, I'm being very real and honest with you, but some of us don't get what it means to be family. Because, you know, it, it, things would be different if we really were acting as family-like towards one another. Um, and, and again, I know that's scary, isn't it? Being, even the word family can be scary because some of us didn't have great families. And, you know, I, I come from a divorced family, and man, I don't want to go through that again. 
And I don't want to go through all the chaos and turmoil that that would happen. And, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, see those kinds of things take place. And I know some of you have some things that, you know, you kind of think, wow, you know, I, 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 I like the idea. And so what you have here is love is being uh, warned. So he says love warns us. When you love someone, you warn them. And so that's kind of the, what basically is being said here. And why do you do that? Why do you warn someone? Well, I love you and I care about you. That's why I'm warning you. Because I don't know about you now, if you're heading into a brick wall at 60 miles an hour, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to warn you. Now, I'm going to get out of the way if you're going to hit that wall. <laughs> but I'm going to try to warn you that there, you're about to run into something because I care about you and I love you. I think a lot of times that's where we get ourselves into you know, some of the confusion. That, and that's why he wrote this. Look what he says. He says, uh, you know, I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you. Because a lot of times there's this confusion that if I warn you and I say something, there is a possibility that you might feel ashamed or embarrassed or rejected. And so what is being said here by the Word of God is, listen, I'm not saying this to embarrass you or put you down. I'm doing this because I want to get something in your mind to help you and protect you and love you. Now, again, that's part of the challenge we face in living together because sometimes we don't always say things the best way. Sometimes we don't always communicate really well. And so understand there's something about when i know that people who love me might say something to me and i operate at a level that i'll give them the benefit of the doubt that they're not here to shame me but because they love me and so i may not exactly appreciate but you know what i've learned and this is i'm still learning every day again it's hard to learn humility letting go of your pride being grace, understanding grace. I think the hardest part about some of this is that it's kind of like letting your guard down so that someone can actually be a part of your life. And that's kind of what the Word of God is talking about. I mean, it's about, and the Word of God is doing this because He wants to bring change in us. He wants to see you and I change and be different in a good way so that we can live. Here's the deal, so we can live as God intended us to live. And don't you want to live as God intended you to live? So here's what you know. If you, that's not going to happen if you're not willing to, to receive some interaction with other human beings. You know, you've heard the passage, right? Iron sharpens as iron. That's talking about you and I. We sharpen each other. We help each other. But again, sometimes we don't do that very well. Sometimes we don't do that at all. I think we need to be a people willing to care for one another. We need to be a people willing to love one another, and therefore we're willing to talk and interact with one another in an appropriate way. I mean, again, this is something, we're not trying to open the door so that you can, you know, beat up on each other. That's not what I'm saying. Can you say amen to that? We're talking about, again, the idea here, and the word warning actually in Scripture is the Greek word that has to do with an attached to giving counsel. So what we're really talking about is you might come to me and say, hey, pastor, I need some counsel. And I'd say, okay, let's talk. And part of that counsel may be, well, I need to warn you because I see as you've described the situation or you've talked about your life, I want to warn you that I think you might get yourself in trouble here. Or I think you might be headed for some trouble. Or I think you might be making a mistake. I'd like you to consider the fall. I'd like you to think about this. I'd like you to maybe go back to God and pray about it before you take that step. And so in that sense, Scripture says, I am warning you. And I think that's something very valuable. That's something that is very important. Now, he goes on and kind of qualifies some of this, and I think it speaks to the concept of relationship because he's talking about teaching and fathering. So is fathering a word? Good. Praise God. <laughs> Wasn't sure for a second there, but my spell check didn't come up, so I figured, hey, my computer thinks it's a word. Amen. We'll go ahead and put it down, right? That's how I determine whether it's a word or not. None of the squiggly lines came underneath it. And if you look at that, it says, for though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. 
That's kind of interesting. Now, I want you to notice that this is not putting down teachers. Someone said, well, you know, that's, this is not a negative about being a teacher and instructor. It's just saying there's a lot of teachers and instructors going on, and it's really a comparison because literally, I, I love the, the Greek in here is the kind of an idiom. You know how, like, someone says, how big is it? Well, it's millions and millions big, and we don't really know anything. That's kind of what they're saying here. Well, you have 10,000 instructors. You've got so many, I can't even count them. You know, it's like it's a huge number. This is not a little number, and someone didn't go and started counting all the teachers, and there are 10,000, so it's just kind of a statement. And the statement is saying there's a whole bunch of, and literally in the Greek, guardians, because here's what it's talking about. At this time when this was written, there were uh, individuals who were like servants or potentially slaves in the home, and they were assigned the responsibility of taking care of children. And one of their major responsibilities was to make sure the kids were taken here, and it's kind of like having a nanny, only you kind of don't get paid for it, right, you know, if you're a servant or a slave at this time, you just you get to live there. But your job was to make sure that the kids went to school, got fed, were clothed, because mom and dad were really busy, and so you went ahead and you made sure that all their needs were taken care of. And then you know, I just had this kind of this picture so that, you know, there really wasn't, and this is why the word is saying this, there really wasn't a parenting relationship going on. And one of the things that was classic to the family system at this time is that they were giving away the responsibility of children to all the other hired-out help. And so the Word is trying to say something to us. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. But you know what? We need parenting. We need... Now, again, it says fathers. So it didn't say mothers, but it applies. It's really the idea of parenting, but we'll use the word father. You also need fathers, because fathers is different than a guardian. It's like the difference between a mom and a dad and a child care worker. I mean, I, I have, my kids have gone to and gotten, you know, uh, child care, and uh, we used to have a child care uh, business here, and um, man, those people really cared about those kids. I mean, no doubt in my mind that they were sincere, they were caring, they were loving, all these things. And, and in the midst of all that, here's the word of saying is, although that's all good, it still doesn't compare to the fathering that needs to take place. And so he's talking to the church here, right? The Word of God is talking to the church there, and I think talking to us too. I think a lot of us are pretty good at the idea of, oh, I can do the instruction, I can do the child care, I can be a worker, but don't ask me to enter into a real relationship with human beings other than maybe the person I'm married to or the people I live with. I don't want to go outside of that because now you're talking about something that's a whole lot different. Yeah. I think this is part of the challenge of the church today. I put together an acronym. I was playing with it, and I hope you appreciate this because it took me a long time to put this together. Um, but uh, I want you to look at this because Fathers, excluding the S, I think this really describes what we're talking about, whether it doesn't matter, mom or dad, what does it mean? And, and so we're talking about relationship, right? And I'm, What I was thinking here is what does it take to have, what does it mean to have a healthy relationship in this way? So now we're not being instructors, but we're being kind of like parent-like. And I think we're flexible. So we bend towards those that we love. In other words, we're flexible and who we are because we love the people we're around. Because love is not rigid. Now, I've met some dads who are kind of rigid and can be a little harsh. This is saying be the opposite of that. It's not saying there's anything bad with structure. You've heard me say this. I am a big believer in flexible structure. Can you say amen to that? <laughs> I love the concept of you need structure, but the structure needs to be a little flexible. Kind of like the digits... Take your fingers, right? Everyone hold your hands up and put them together like this. Okay? I'm going to illustrate my point. Now, now do push-ups, right? You see how your fingers represent structure, but they're flexible. That's exactly what this is talking about. Can you see of that? Amen. And then there's a sense of uh, adaptability. So as a father, as a parent, we adjust our methods and style with each person we love. See, one of the dangers we get into in parenting is we, we get down to the least common denominator and treat everyone the same. We've got to realize that not everyone's the same. 
you have different personalities, different uh, ways of, you know, of who you are and how you like learn, receive information, all those things. And so our job as a parent is to embrace those differences and adapt to those differences because you cannot be good at this if you treat everyone exactly the same. I had someone once say to me, I treat everyone the same. I said, wow, that sounds dangerous. <laughs> and he said, what do you mean? And then we entered into an hour-long conversation. Okay. <laughs> teachability. Continue to learn. Now, this is not teachability that you give to others. This is teachability about yourself because you continue to learn about yourself and others. You never, ever stop learning about yourself. I'm taking a class right now and I'm spending... It's kind of torturous, but I have to get this done. And uh, uh, you can ask Lois. I'm, 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 I'm kind of like oh, a little stressed over this, this class i got to do. But the other hand, I am learning a lot about me. Matter of fact, the other day I was, I was listening to the instructor, and I came away and I said, man, crumb, i got a lot to learn. I thought I knew it all already, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Teachability. So I learned something new. There's, I'm convinced that we will never, ever stop learning. The day you think you've got it all figured out, then can I say this lovingly? You're, I'm going to warn you, love warns, you're in a dangerous place. Um, I love honorable. I, I think that's a big, uh, important word that we give respect to those we love. I think that's a critical, respecting people. Uh, that's a, a very critical piece of life and you know, giving respect. Uh, to encourage, it means to build up support and spirals around you and be responsible. And I think this is part of the difference between teaching and parenting is that there's a sense of, I am responsible for you. You know, I, I look at Pastor Christina, she's on my team, and her and Lee, I feel responsible to them because they're on my team. I really care about them. I love them. And so it's not just that they are functioning in a role here, but they're human beings who have a lot going on. I mean, like, they're married, they have family, they have all kinds of crazy things going on in life. And I feel responsible, in part, to the care and love that it's my job to share with them yes. and with everyone else around me for those people that God has given me. Yes. Can you see some of that? Yes. So God's calling us into, I believe, fathering, as well as teaching. And again, I think a lot of us are good to go with the teaching piece, but how about the fathering piece? I need some of you to step up. I believe God's calling some of us to do that, and I think that's really critical. Um, he goes on and he says, therefore I urge you, imitate me. I love that. Imitation. And I, I said this down. Remind one another of how to live in Christ by the way we live in Christ. You see me know that? No, there's something about here, do as I do, because you remember, right? Do as I say, not as I do. You've ever had, you know, had that kind of crazy idea? This is the exact opposite saying, do as I do. And I think, didn't someone say that one of the, uh, one of the sincerest forms of flattery is imitation? Yeah. Yeah, that's a classic, uh, comes from classic literature. And there's something here important that you know, I want you to know that we teach what we know, but we reproduce who we are. And that's the idea of fathering. The idea is that you reproduce who you are because people watch you and they imitate you because we can do all the talk that we want. But it's so important to understand. And here the Paul is saying, listen, uh, know that you can imitate me. It says here, these things I've heard from a from me among many witnesses, commit least to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. I love this concept. Any of you ever noticed who have heard from, uh, from me among many witnesses? What are they? There's a witness is a testimony. They're testifying to the life that was being led, not the words that were being taught. And so there was an understanding that, listen, you can know that I'm real. And so I'm sending Timothy, who is going to, if you will, imitate me, and he is a beloved and faithful son. There's that fathering thing. And he'll remind you of my ways as I teach and continue to do what I'm doing. But he's going to remind you of my ways, not only by what he says, but also by what he does. Look at the next slide. Walk the talk. 
That's all this is saying. It's really simple, right? Walk the talk. Now, some are puffed up as though I were not coming to you, but I will come to you shortly if the Lord wills, and I will know not the word of those who are puffed up, but the, the power, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. So what do you want? Shall I come with you a rod or in love or a spirit of gentleness? Man, that is a powerful passage. I wish we had another hour because there's so much being said here. You know, there really is a big difference between knowing the right words and living the right life. Man, can, can, I, can love warn us today? Just because you speak the language doesn't mean you're walking in the kingdom of God like you're supposed to. Again, I think we have a tendency to fool people around us. Um, I'm convinced that there is something that is not always very authentic about who we are. Here's what I've learned. I want to say this lovingly, but a lot of you can fake us out in two hours that you're here. And we, you can actually you know, look like you got it all together. I mean, who can't handle two hours of being spiritual, right? So I can do this, for go to church for a couple hours, but then you've got to go home. You've got to go to work. You, got, you and I have to live life. So here's the challenge. Can we do this 24-7? Can we walk what we talk? And that's what the Word is really instructing us on. He's saying, listen, there's this huge difference between the two. And so here's the reality. I want, so here's what I want for me. I want the present power and reign of Jesus in my life today. I'm not going to live on what happened in the past. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, I mean, how great is it that we hear the past testimonies of the team? Now, at some point, you end that, and now you've got to get back into the present and start reproducing, because that can't be the end of it. Yes. Uh, again, can I warn you? Some of you, your testimony is what happened 10 years ago, and there's nothing new that's happened. Oh, that's a good point. And so are you really walking the talk? Because if you're going to walk the talk, then there should be something present every day of Jesus in you. And if Jesus is present every day in you, something should be happening every day. Now, I'm not saying, you know, this kind of stuff that we just heard, but everyday simple things like just all of a sudden, the, I mean, God was present and very real uh, over this weekend for me, and he was showing me something that I needed to change in my life. He was present and real, and praise God for that. I mean, he, he is always talking to us if we're willing to be open and available to listen to what he has to say. So I believe God's calling us through this word to change. I believe God's calling us to live, to really live our life in Jesus for real. Now, you're, you need to do the assessment of that. You need to be the judge of that. You, you need to just take a good look. I, I guess I've I, been giving you homework lately, so I'm going to give you another homework assignment. I want you to take a look at your life. I want you to take a look at your life and ask yourself, am I walking the talk? Is it real? And, and listen, I'm not just saying, you know, well, I'm a really nice guy. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm walking the talk. I'm just a nice person. No, I'm talking about the genuine openness and availability, the Spirit of God to speak in your life. You know that God is speaking in your life through the Word, by way of the Holy Spirit, maybe through someone else in your life, and it actually has impact in your life. It, so here's, here's the assessment. It influences you. It might inspire you. It encourages you. And all of a sudden now you hear yourself talking, I need to change. I need to grow. I think I'm doing this okay here. There's the, the affirmation that may come. That's what happens when you and I actually interact with the Spirit of God, with the Word of God, and now we're walking, not just talking. I heard that from some of the team members, that some of what this trip did is reminded them that Jesus is real and that he was talking to some of the members here. They've come back a little different. I told them, your job is to inspire and be a match that lights a flame in this place. Because right, right. that's what I want to see happen. 
Can you say amen to that? Amen. I think there's something very connective to the fact of we're going to come around the Lord's table. The next slide. It says, For I pass on you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. He broke it in peace and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remember, to remember me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed by my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. Now, here's the mistake you're going to make. You think that you're just celebrating an historic event. Let me tell you what communion is. A celebration and an appropriation of the present power of God. This is not remembering an historic event. Yes, it is remembering. But that's not the point. This was given to us so that we would appropriate the present time, right now today, power of God in our lives. And Jesus said, when I went to the cross, and I did that certainly 2,000 years ago, right, approximately, but that wasn't just for then. That's also for August 4th. 2019 at 1015 it is also for right now I invite you as you hold the elements to appropriate to appropriate the present power of God that's available to your life right now today and Lord thank you as we prepare to receive of these elements Lord as we hold them and reflect on them. I pray that we'll understand a little bit more of what it means to really walk with you. To understand what it means to be someone who is a believer in Jesus for real, a genuine believer in all things of life, not just a selective few, but in the whole entirety of our life. There isn't a part, God, that we would want to hide from you. We want to be open 100% to you. And so we prepare to appropriate the power that's available to us right now today through this receiving of your body and blood. Thank you for listening. Tune in each week and be greatly inspired and moved to deeper revelation. For service times and other resources, go to our website at alsc.us or download our app.